Welcome back to the Kaplan Community Podcast, our forum for the greater Kaplan community to stay connected and share insights on meaningful topics. I'm KBS Alumni Manager Kieran Howard, your host for our third season, which focuses on hot tips from Kaplan's career experts, a group of people who have helped thousands of students and professionals get to the next step in their career. Welcome back to the Kaplan Community Podcast. Today is a very important theme we'll be covering, resumes, how you can build a winning resume that will get you interviews and common mistakes people make. I am grateful to have Kimberly Go, KBS Adelaide's careers advisor and a very engaged professional as our guest today. There's really nobody better, I think, to be covering this subject. So it's a real treat, Kim has spent years helping students and professionals build winning resumes. Kim, thank you so much for your time and great to talk to you again. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. Thanks, Kieran, for having me today. Really excited to be here. Now, Kim and I actually took parental leave around the same time. We've both got little toddlers running around at home right now. So I just wanted to ask, how are you doing adapting to work after maternity leave? Um, well, it's actually been really great to be able to come back to work. I think we really enjoy that split time um, between, you know, motherhood at home and coming to work and being all professional. So it's actually been a really good change. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the work uh, that I'm doing. So, you know, it's it's been really good. It certainly changes the professional dynamic. So, I mean, I think it's good to get to know you a bit, if if we can, before we jump into resumes. Could you tell us a bit about your background? I mean, maybe how you became a careers advisor, or I know that you're really active outside of Kaplan as well. So uh, could you tell us about that? Sure. Um, so I'm originally from Malaysia, uh, and I actually moved here about 11 years ago now to do my university so I completed my bachelor's in marketing and communications. And then, you know, through my, I guess, my experience volunteering and doing a lot of extracurricular activities in university, I managed to get my first degree, uh, my first job opportunity. So in terms of being a career advisor, it kind of began quite randomly. I wasn't expecting it to happen um, that way. To be honest, I had a really hard time looking for a job. So while I was looking for a job, I really took the time to learn how to write a resume, cover letter. Um, I read and participated in a lot of different career workshops that's external. So I looked it up on you know Google to find different workshops that I can attend to kind of learn the skills to write a good resume and cover letter. I guess for me, I felt like I had the skills and relatability to help the students, which is why I kind of applied for the role and was successful. I was able to kind of share that in my interview as well. So that relatability part, I think, really helped. That's great. Definitely, you're able to re relate to a lot of the students as, a, as an international student, a former international student. And I often see posts from you, Kim, on LinkedIn about the female professional migrants group. Um, that seems to be really taking off. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so this group actually started a couple years back prior to COVID. I found that 
women and and migrants here really are, are looking for like a support network and also looking for friendships and and not only that but also help build the professional career of uh, an individual so for me i wanted to start the group to organize like different social and professional events and activities to help professional migrant women build relationships and social connections and also help support each other to grow professionally. Because for me, I felt that I was kind of lucky and, and blessed to be able to have a friendship group that was able to build me up and help me grow. And I want to be able to help other people that are in similar situations as I was um, before. So that's why the group started. And yes, we've been, uh, we've had around four uh, events now and, and it's been growing quite well. So I'm quite excited to see what happens in the next couple of months. That's wonderful. I just brought it up because it's always exciting to see your posts on LinkedIn and and the success you're having with that. Now, I think it's an important question because we have a lot of uh, current students listening and alumni listening, and they all have access to career services. So what exactly does a careers advisor do? So as a career advisor at Kaplan, we help students with everything related um, to careers. So basically from anything, resume writing, you know, step by step of how to put together an application to mock interviews. So we do a lot of that uh, on a daily basis, but we also organize different career-related events on campus and online um, to teach students the different aspects of employability and get them to network with industry guest speakers. We also work with different employers for internships, but what's most important is we provide very personalized support to our students throughout their uh, career. Even prior to starting their career, I'm sure you you know that Kaplan, we offer lifelong learning and even for alumni uh, who have graduated with us, they can book in a consult to actually meet with their career advisor anytime. So I think that's a really good kind of way for alumni to be connected back to their Kaplan community. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, so... Now, why don't we jump into today's theme, resumes, and I'd love to hear it from you. Why is a good resume so important, Kim? To put it into perspective, resumes are really the first impression you give to an employer, and you need to be able to stand out from the crowd with your application. You know, the employer is going to look at so many different resumes, and you need to be able to stand out from that. You need to be able to outline the important skills and achievements and basically align that to the position description. And if you're not able to do that, it puts you in the no pile, you know, especially competing with so many other resumes. The resume is key to getting an interview. So if you have a good resume, you are moving on to the next step of an interview. Yeah, we had an interview with Debbie Fayers, the talent manager for Kaplan Shared Services, and she talked about the recruitment process. And it's interesting how it, even something like a spelling mistake, just one spelling mistake, will put you in a no pile because a recruiter will receive so many resumes. And I, I heard it was something like 
four to six seconds is is the average time that you get for your very first impression. And that's how long they will spend just looking at your resume for the start. If they like it, they'll keep reading. And, and you know, if, if you don't have a good resume, I think it's absolutely what you said. It's that's your chance to get the interview. And if you're not getting interviews, then then you should really look at what your resume looks like. So, Kim, you've advised a lot of people on this. What are your top tips for a good resume? So for me, when I'm meeting with a student, the top tip I always give them is actually to tailor their resume according to the position description. Because many a times, students actually use one resume and they apply to multiple different organizations. And I always tell them it's about the quality and not the quantity, you know, because they use one resume and apply to multiple different places. Um, I think they need to definitely look at tailoring their resume according to the position description, because if they are not doing that, company A and company B may have the same role, but their responsibilities may be slightly different. And if the student is not able to look at the responsibilities and clearly identify and write their resume according to what is mentioned, um, then it seems like from the employer's perspective that the student really didn't read the position description. So I think that's one of the most important things. For me as well, like telling the students that a well-formatted resume is important. A resume should be clean and easy to read and the employer should be able to identify the keywords and key skills immediately when they're reading through the application. And as you said, four to six seconds, right? So the employers want to be able to, you know, find all the key information that is required for the role within that short amount of time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, an employer may simply have the requirement of a certain level of education or a certain past work history, and they want to be able to see that right away. But I I agree exactly with what you're saying, Kim. I think those are really good tips. You said that tailoring a job resume and an application is really important. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Say, how would you tailor a a resume to be very specific for a position description that you see on seek.com? So for me, what I advise the students to do is to look at the position description and actually highlight or underline the key skills and requirements for the role. So for me, I actually like to print out a copy of the position description and highlight them and relate my personal experience and responsibilities in my current role or in my previous role or even, um, you know, in my studies according to the position description and the highlighted key skills. So when students tell me, oh, Kim, I've applied for, you know, 10 jobs today, I really think that that's really hard to believe because putting in an effort to write one application takes a lot of time. Basically, what the students need to do is to be able to look at the position description and highlight all the key skills. And if they're not able to relate their previous experience to the key skill, they are not fulfilling the application. Totally. So I I look at a decent number of resumes as well because of our alumni recruitment program. You know, we we advertise jobs and we try and recruit as many alumni as possible. And I'll often see that mistake. I'll see somebody has, you know, will apply to a marketing job 
they might not have even read the the position description or they just it's the same resume that they've sent to an accounting job or an engineering job or whatever yeah. but i agree it it does make a lot of sense to do that tailoring could you share some of the common mistakes you see because it's often easy if you can highlight some of these mistakes and then listeners and I can go in and, and change them on our resumes. One of the co most common mistakes that I find is students not checking their resumes when submit, submitting. So for example, like spelling or grammatical error or formatting, I think formatting is actually quite important because when we talk about first impression, that's really the formatting, how the resume looks, you know, if the dates are not aligned or are some text bigger than the other or some fonts are not the same. It all gives almost like a bad first impression to the employer. So I would say the formatting, spelling and grammatical error, um, that's one of the most common mistakes. But also sometimes I do see that students send really long resumes. So they may include experiences from more than 10 years ago that is not relevant to the position that they're applying for. So basically, if a student is thinking about applying for a job and they have 10 years worth of experience, are all of the 10 years worth of experience related to the position um, that they are applying for? So it comes back again to tailoring your resume according to the position description. Okay, that's interesting. So I didn't know that you would say that 10 years is a good sort of cutoff for what makes something relevant, because I agree. And some people have career histories that are 20, 30 years long. But do you really want to be mentioning what you were doing in the 1990s if you're applying for a job today? And that's what recruiters are most interested in is what you've done in the last five years, say. That's a really interesting point, Kim. And that uh, formatting, yes, if, if you make your resume look messy, then you look like a messy person. Because we have students from all over the place, and I've seen you doing careers consultations with students from pretty much every country imaginable. Are there different uh, standards in different countries for what a resume should look like? Or do you see people making, not errors, but, you know, what does an Australian resume look like that's different? Well, in different countries, there's definitely different ways of writing and formatting a resume. For example, I know some students who include their picture in their resume, and that's actually quite an important thing to include. But in Australia, we don't do that. We tend to add a picture onto our LinkedIn profile, and that's acceptable. Um, however, onto a resume, not so much here in Australia. Um, another thing is sometimes I do see students that include, you know, their age and marital status and things like that. It might be relevant in their home country, but we typically don't encourage students to include that here in their application. I also have many students that have sent me resumes with, you know, a signed kind of document at the bottom that says that, oh, this is a proof that this is a, a real copy of my resume. And that's common in some countries, but we don't typically do that here. So different countries have different ways of writing their resume. And I think that is why it is important to come meet a career advisor to look at ways to adapt your uh, resume from back home to an Australian workplace. 
Okay, that's wonderful. Yes, I I think our careers advisors are really culturally sensitive and from several different countries themselves. So how should somebody, you said that it's putting your best foot forward. And I'm wondering, to give a little bit more detail about showcasing your best self on a resume, some people, they have a high level of education. Other people, they might have a lot of work experience and other people have none. So how do you know how to showcase your best self on a resume? What would be your advice? How do you treat these cases individually? So as for someone to showcase their best self on the resume, for me, I believe that students should be able to, again, like identify their strong achievements and be able to input that onto their resume. So even if you don't have much experience or you could have um, you know, only done like a bachelor's degree, but what are the achievements that you have throughout your studies or throughout your careers that you're able to showcase? Again, I would like to add based on the position that you're applying for. You know, so relating it to the um, position description again, um, because I think that is so important for someone to showcase their achievements because it's almost like proof. You can say something in your resume, but you want to be able to include some proof that you have done that as well. And I also like to tell students to include achievement-based responsibilities as well when they're writing their um, resumes. So. Yeah, that's in my opinion. Okay. And uh, this is something that I actually asked uh, Debbie Fayers as well, but I'd be very interested on your opinion. You can get lots of resume. I mean, the careers advisors will give resume templates if students are interested. You can get resume templates off Google or Canva. What is your preference or recommendation between, say, the very modern types or traditional types you know what I mean so there's modern types that even have infographics and bright colors or there's the traditional times new roman um you know all all lines and it looks like reading a newspaper what what do you prefer or recommend for me when I'm talking to the student and I'm looking at their draft copy of the resume as long as the resume is formatted well and it's easy to read and I'm able to See all the information that is required for the role. I'm happy with it. So I don't really have a preference. Um, of course, the best will be the amalgamation of both, like a little bit of traditional and a little bit new. Um, that's the ideal. However, I know sometimes, you know, students might not feel comfortable using Canva or using like a different software to write their resume. So a professional, traditional resume is fine too. And I always like to tell students that the content of the resume is important too. You know, obviously the first impression would be how the resume looks, but if your content is not good, then, you know, you will still be in the no pile. So I think, yeah, that's that's my opinion. Wonderful, wonderful. So, okay, I think we've delved really deep into resumes and, and some common errors and, and your top tips. To finish off, I'd love to know your opinion on cover letters. So first off, does a cover letter matter? <laughs> I guess that's, that's a question is, 
uh, if my resume goes in the no pile, then surely my cover let letter isn't read. But does it does it matter after that fact if it's in the yes pile? So I, I like that question. That's actually a really good question. In my opinion, I actually feel that the resume and cover letter is quite different. Your resume kind of, you talk about all the responsibilities that you've done in a particular role. However, in a cover letter, it's more based on your achievements and your examples, depending on you know, your previous experience. So again, looking at the key skills and the requirement of the role, you are showing the um, showing examples of what you've done in your previous role that can prove that you'll be a good candidate for the role. So that's why I think actually writing a cover letter does matter because if you write a cover letter and you're in the yes pile, you might actually have a chance to show like, oh yes, that's actually my achievement in this particular skill that is required for the role. So I actually think that it's a good thing to include your cover letter. Okay, yeah, I, I do agree. And some jobs even require it, of course. Um, you know, uh, jobs for universities or governments often often require even more than a, a cover letter. They'll require a cover letter and selection uh, criteria. Selection yes. You know, they can be quite extensive applications. For cover letters, do you have any tips for writing a good cover letter? You are going to hear me say this many, many times in the podcast, but looking and identifying the key skills based on the position description and writing almost like an achievement um, based on those key requirements of the role. So if you have, if you're looking for a position or you're applying for a position that requires excellent customer service, how are you going to prove that you have excellent customer service from your previous experience in your cover letter so that the employers are able to see, hey, like she's done this before and she'll be good in the role. So I like to split it up into about three main areas in the um, cover letter and include as much information as possible. That's great. I think it's, by the way, repetition is um, is a very powerful thing, Kim. And I think that's fine that you've, you've said, and this is something that I think listeners should take away from this podcast, is to really tailor your applications and really tailor your resumes and cover letters based on those key words. That is something I have really learned from you today. Kim, this has been such a great episode and I've learned a lot. Uh, even though I, I used to be a careers advisor too, a lot of this has been new for me. I think this will really help out our professionals and job seekers out there. And I really hope people take the time to put these suggestions into practice. I can't stress enough how important this material is. Kim, it's great to speak to you and thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me again, Kieran. Get the job you deserve. If you're a Kaplan Business School student or graduate, you have lifelong access to our career services for free. Book a consultation with one of our career experts. Simply email careerscentral at kbs.edu.au with your full name, student ID, and state that you reside in.